everyone, and welcome to our podcast show, Ladies with Chapters, where we empower, engage, and inspire women to live, love, and embrace their lives and chapter stories. I am your host, Shemaine. Good afternoon, ladies, and my guest today is Ms. Paris Murphy Doctor. Ms. Paris, thank you for being on my show today. Thank you for being on Ladies with Chapters podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing super fantastic. How about you? I am doing wonderful. I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. So you are in Georgia. How is the weather up there? We have bipolar weather here. <laughs> Two days ago, it was it got up to like 72. At night, it got down to 46. When I woke up this morning, it was raining. About two hours into the day, the sun was coming out. So it's very warm outside now. So I say we have bipolar weather. Yeah, here. I think, yeah, it's okay to call it bipolar. <laughs> so... Miss Paris. Is it okay for me to say Miss Paris? Yes, you just call me Paris. Paris, yes. Okay. So we're going to talk about your diagnosis journey, your medical diagnosis journey. And I know you have had, this has been a journey for you, going through all that, the diagnosis and the surgeries and everything that you had to encounter. So go ahead and paint me a picture of what it is that you went through. Then we'll talk about how you dealt with it. So actually in April of 2012, I noticed some discomfort in my armpit, especially when I would lie down on that side. And so after examining, I discovered a lump in my armpit. So I went to see my, my regular medical profession. No, and she suggested that we do a further study, maybe get an ultrasound and take a look at it. So after doing that, I did get the ultrasound. It came back and showed that there were three of my lymph nodes were enlarged. And so when I went back to meet with the radiologist to get the report, you know, he advised me that those lymph nodes were enlarged and that it possibly was just reactive. You know, maybe I had some type of virus or had been ill. And I advised him at that time, I not, had not been ill, had not had a virus. And he said that, well, we'll just, we'll watch it. You know, in six months, we'll have you come back and we'll take a look. And I wasn't satisfied with that. So, I, you know, is there any other options? And he said, well, we can always do a biopsy. So I chose to have the biopsy. And sure enough, the biopsy came back and showed that there was cancer in my lymph nodes, but it was unclear of the origin of the primary cancer. So what he explained to me was that there was a cancer present somewhere in my body and that it had spread to my lymph nodes. So it was going to require me to have further studies to determine what would be the primary site for the cancer. So they referred me to have what's called a PET scan. They did a full body PET and the PET came back and showed that there was a lesion on my thyroid and a lesion on my right ovary. And they immediately assumed that I had ovarian cancer. Wow. Because of the lesion. Because of the lesion. Mm -hmm. And so 
I explained to him, well, I, I, I took that diagnosis. And then when I went home, I Googled the markers from the pathology report and everything kept going back to breast cancer. And so he referred me to an oncologist as well as an OBGYN oncologist as well. And they both were saying that it was ovarian cancer. And I explained to them that a couple of years prior to, I had had a cyst on my ovary and had had it removed. And my, my OBGYN at the time, you know, told me that it's possible, it, you know, it could come back. So in my mind, what my body was telling me telling was that, that there was no cancer in my ovaries. And especially from the, you know, the research that I had done myself, everything was saying breast cancer. So I asked my doctors, could it possibly be a breast cancer? And they said no, because nothing showed up on the PET. So an ultrasound of my breast, they did an MRI of my breast and everything. It didn't show any disease in my breast. So, but my intuition kept telling me it's not in my ovaries. And so prior to being scheduled to have my ovaries removed, I had a consult with the OBGYN oncologist who was actually going to be doing the surgery. And I asked her, you know, I asked a series of questions. And this is one thing that I encourage all women to do, you know, know your body. And if something doesn't sound correct, get a second opinion. You know, don't just go with what the doctors say. I mean, of course, they have, you know, the experience in dealing with this and they've seen many cases, but also remember that medicine is still a practice. It's a science, yes. It's a practice. And so when she did the blood test, when it came back for ovarian cancer, the numbers were very low. And I asked her, I said, do you, how is it possible that I have ovarian cancer? And the numbers are so low. Numbers are low. And it spread all the way to my lymph node in my armpit, not affecting any lymph nodes in my groin or any other organs. Is that possible? And she said, well, it's not um, typical, but anything is possible. And so I said, well, what I'd like for you to do is... I know that when you do the surgery, that you can do what's called a freeze biopsy. Okay, you suggested that. Mm-hmm. I said, so when you remove, can you not remove the ovary, just remove the nodule? Okay. Freeze biopsy. And if it is cancer, you can take everything out. Out, oh, yeah, yeah. But if it's not cancer, I don't want you to remove my ovaries or my uterus because, you know, I may want to have children again. Exactly. And so she said, okay, we'll do that. So she wrote up, she took notes. And when I went the day before for pre-op, the nurse was going over all the information and she says, okay, so we're doing a, a full hysterectomy. We're removing. I said, wait a minute, hold up. Hold up now. I ain't, I ain't tell y'all all of that. <laughs> yeah. That is not what I agreed to. And so she got the doctor on the phone and she said, oh, yeah, I forgot I did. So you could change, you know, that. So because I wasn't about to sign giving them permission to do my hysterectomy until I knew for sure. Exactly. It was there. So I'm hearing you actually said you you, you mentioned about being in tune with your body and you Mm -hmm. suggested to do the biopsy. Right. Being in tune with your body, you were telling them that it's not 
down because it was so low, right? And you were directing, were you directing them to look more somewhere else and they were like ignoring or just not because how, how did that make you feel when you were t- trying to redirect them? It's very hard when you're talking to a professional that deals strictly with the science. And I, I don't dismiss the science because the science has saved a lot of people. However, I also know my body. I had no pain, no pain whatsoever in my abdomen. I didn't have heavy cycles. I didn't have cramping. Like my cycle was light. It would last maybe three days at most. So I just didn't feel anything different. And I knew what it felt like when I had the cyst before. And I still, I didn't even feel that. So, you know, I just didn't think that it was. And especially what confirmed it was when I Googled the markers and the, from the pathology report and everything was saying breast cancer. So yeah. I just wanted them to look at the breast cancer and rule it out because prior to this, I had two friends who were diagnosed with breast cancer and I cared for one of them. So I knew the signs. She also had some presence in her lymph nodes. Okay. So I was familiar with the things to breast cancer. And um, fast forward. So I go through, I go in, have the surgery. And when I come, when I, when I'm in recovery, when I wake up, my family is standing around and they're all excited and they're saying, you know, we have great news. There was no cancer because and immediately following surgery, she goes up and tells my family, I have great news. You know, there was no cancer. There's no cancer. Yeah, there is no cancer where you were looking. Right. And so my family, you know, is telling me, God answered our prayers. And I say, no, you guys are forgetting. There's still cancer present in my body. Are you serious? And I said, there's, we need, that's just, I told her it was not there. So when I came out of recovery, I pressed, you know, was filling my stomach for bandages. And I realized that I had a big incision, which meant that she had actually gone in and removed my, both my ovaries. And so when she came and I, to speak with me to see how I was doing, and I asked her, I said, she said, well, there was no cancer there. And I said, well, did you do what I asked you to do? And she said, what was that? And I said, I asked you if there was no cancer not to remove my ovaries. And she said, well, I had to remove both of your ovaries. And I said, but why? She said, well, when I removed the right ovary, there was no cancer there. And, you know, when I sent it down for the freeze um, biopsy and there was no cancer. So I panicked. I thought that, you know, it has to be cancer here. So we removed your left ovary as well. There was no cancer there. And then they did what's called a perineal wash where they take the fluid from your pelvic area and tested for cancer and there were no cancer cells present. I said, okay, so you took my both my ovaries, but you left the uterus. Exactly. It can't work without it. You're already in there, so why didn't you just move it? First of all, you're not supposed to move the ovaries. Right. So did she do the biopsy while she was down in there? She removed the whole ovary instead of removing the lesion like I had asked her to. And so her comment to me was, you shouldn't be worried about that. We need to be concerned about finding where the cancer actually Maybe is. Maybe if they had listened to you. Exactly. 
this is April. I've gone from April to August. This I'm just having this surgery in August. So from April to August, wherever this primary cancer is, it has continued to grow. And so she said, well, we're going to take a look at the thyroid because remember there was a lesion on my thyroid as well. So they did a biopsy of the thyroid and it did come back as cancer, but it was a papillary cancer, which was a non-spreading cancer. So it was totally different from the type of cancer that they have found in my lymph Mm node. Here we go now. My oncologist has told me there's no way you can have two primary cancers. So that was one lie. (laughs) And then the second lie was... Yeah, I had ovarian cancer, which I never had. So she had an endocrinologist to come that was on staff at the hospital that I had the surgery at the time. He's the one who did the biopsy on my thyroid. And so he said, I want to take a look further because I'm thinking that we're dealing with the breast cancer here. It took an endocrinologist to... Go into the direction that you have been telling them for a while. Look here, look here. So he ordered a MRI with the contrast. Remember I had had MRI, ultrasound, nothing showed in my breast. Sure enough, when he did it with the contrast, there was a presence of cancer and it wasn't in the form of a tumor, which most people look for the lump or the tumor in their breast. Okay. What was it? What did he see? Okay, so what it was, it it was striations of cancer, abnormal cells, which were cancer cells, but it had not formed in the form of a tumor. And what he explained to me is the type of breast cancer that they diagnosed me with was triple negative cancer. And with the trip, they call that cancer the sneaky cancer because by the time it's actually discover is already metastasized, which in my case, it had spread to my lymph nodes, but there was no sign or in my breast. And so we'll fast forward. I was assigned a a full medical team and I met with the new one. Of course, I had a new team at that point. So I had new oncologists. I had a new radiation oncologist and a breast specialist that I was assigned to at that point. And all my doctors got together, they consulted with each other and they determined that with my case, you know, the best treatment would be um, chemotherapy followed by surgery, which is a full mastectomy, removing the breast and then followed by radiation therapy. Okay. So that's pretty much what my treatment consisted of. However, This is where things turn. So from April to August, I didn't experience any pain. I didn't experience, I mean, life just continued as normal during that time. And of course, at that time, uh, hair salons. So I was busy still working. Doing your thing, holding down the floor. Right. I just thought that going in, taking this chemo, you know, even with my friend, like she took chemo, but... She would be down for a few days, but then she would be able to, you know, get back to moving and doing whatever she was doing before. That was not the case with me because of the time and because of the type of cancer that I had, they decided to go with aggressive chemo. So having it once a month, I had it every 14 days. Wow. By the time I would start to feel better, 
it would be time to start start the cycle. Next one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so I just was never able to to rec- you know to get back to moving and I remember my very first um, chemo treatment it slammed my heart so bad I ended up back in the ER. But um you know I talk about it now but even when even with the diagnosis even with all the complications that I endured, I trusted God through this whole process. And he assured me from the beginning that he had me and hold on, you know, held on to. And I developed very serious complications from the chemotherapy. It had got to the point where I couldn't even feel my legs anymore. So they ended up having to stop the chemotherapy because I had developed neuropathy, which was damaged to those nerves. I went through surgery. Surgery went well. After the surgery, uh, well, during the surgery, they fitted me with what's called an expander that would help to stretch the skin that would prepare me for the reconstruction surgery. And that went well. I started radiation a few months after that. And Again, this is where more complications came into play. So my first couple of radiation treatments, because I had to go every single every day. Every single day for the radiation. Wow. And by my, probably by the 10th day, I had started to develop really bad burns. And by the time my radiation was completed, I ended up with some second degree burns in my armpit. And in the skin and the expand, the skin had thinned so bad that the expander actually came through the skin. Wow. Emergency reconstructive surgery. Wow. So I can't help, cannot help to notice what you said about your faith and circle back to you were so in tune with your body that you knew you had a, a idea your your intuition you know mm-hmm. your fate along with was telling you where to direct them which mm-hmm. were ignored until eventually you know they they they, they decide to, to look into that direction would mm-hmm. you say that your fate had a lot to do with you Absolutely. being on this journey tell me how deep of your fate is that you felt like you know Without, because you, 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 you encountered that was a whole lot. Let me tell you, without my faith in God and knowing, not thinking or wondering, I mean, knowing without a doubt that he was with me through it, what kept me. And even now when I, you know, share my story and even for me, sometimes when I think about it, what would have taken the average person out, God kept me, but he kept me because I called him on his word daily. And I, and I won't, I can't say that I didn't have days where I felt like giving up because I did, but I was reminded whenever I would get into that space, you know, whose child I was, who my daddy was, you know, and what his promise was to me. He used my my grandson, who was only three years old at the time, to keep Grounded. me. Mm-hmm. This little boy would get in bed and he would lay hands on me and he would wow. pray wow. with me. 
would tell me, he calls me Mimi, and he would say, Mimi, just hold on your blessing. Wow. Coming through. So I'm happy to share my story because, you know, after chemotherapy, um, I've had a total of eight surgeries to date, including reconstruction. You say eight? Yes, because remember, I did have the thyroid cancer. After I was completed with all of the breast cancer therapies and treatments and surgery, the thyroid cancer still had to be addressed as well. So actually, in a few months, because I actually had my my breast surgery, the first one in April of 2013. So in April of this year, at that point time, I was declared cancer-free of the breast cancer, but I still had the thyroid cancer. So I'll be in April. I'll be celebrating hmm, almost what eight, seven, eight years. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that eight is years awesome. Free, yeah. Don't look like what I've been through. Even with the burns, like they had to take away a lot of the burned skin, but I still had burns scarring all across my neck, my chest, my armpit. And I mean, if you saw it today, you you could not tell that. Would not believe it. But you went through a lot. You went through a lot physically. You went through a lot mentally. Mentally, how was it that Tell me how you cope with that. I know you talk about your grandson, you know, you know, just the things that he did and his words coming from him being, um, you know, a, a, a t- child that, you know, help you. But mentally, how did Paris, I know your faith mm-hmm. obviously had a lot to do with it. The fact that I knew <laughs> that my family depended on me. And so, you know, that was my push. And there were so many things that I knew that I wanted to do and that I had asked God to give me grace to live to, one, to see my children become adults. I didn't want anybody. I raised my children as a single parent. And so I never wanted anyone else to have to raise my children. And I remember when my children are 10 years apart, so... Almost like me. I'm 12. Yeah. Yeah. So when my son was three years old, my daughter was 13 years old, and I wrote this prayer and I placed it in my family Bible. And I asked God, you know, to allow me to see my children to become adults. So at that time, my son was still, you know, he was still pretty young. He was home. My daughter was, you know, she was on her own, but my son was still a preteen. And I just, I knew I had to push, you know, and that's exactly what I did. And I, what I do realize now, because I advocate for breast cancer patients and survivors, and a lot of people that I've known, you know, I've lost a lot of friends over the years, but it wasn't because their cancer was any more advanced than mine. To be honest with you, some of them weren't even as advanced as mine, but they had given up. And so a lot of survivorship with anything, whether it's cancer, sickness, abuse, any kind of tragedy that we endure, because we all are going to it. I mean, if you live long enough, you're going to encounter it. Yes. Yeah. And you just have to have that will. 
You know, you have to have that inner will to fight. Yeah, go deep inside and find, mm-hmm. pull it out. I couldn't help also to hear you talked about being an advocate for, you know, breast, for breast, is it just breast cancer or cancer in general? Because I was transparent with my journey, even on social media, God just enlarged my territory. I had so many people praying for me and following you know, me and looking forward to my, you know, my day, my updates daily and my doctor's visits. And even when I would go and the doctors would say one thing, because my doctors really were not optimistic about my survival. Um, And I just remember always saying this was their report, but who, you know, this is the the Lord. It's bigger than them. It's bigger than that. Yes. You're going to go with. And You know, people were encouraged as a result of that through my faith. And I also realized that there were so many women had suffered in silence. Like they felt like it was a plague to admit that they had cancer or any type of infirmity. And so they suffered in silence. They didn't have a support group or a support team. And also I found out a lot of women were afraid to go get their mammograms. And so I started this breast buddies group where, wow. you know, you don't have someone to go with you, then I'll go with I'll you. Go with, well, that is amazing, Paris. And you, 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 that is, that is awesome. And you're so right about it. There are so many women who feel as though, you know, either they are going through it, no one else is experiencing it, or they're just afraid to open up, to share and to say, hey, this is what I am encountering. This is what I'm going through. And having a platform like that, that is awesome because a lot of women need to know that, hey, I might not went through the same thing that you went through, but I've been through similar, or this is what I've gone through to try and encourage and empower other women. That is awesome. That is amazing. Right. And another reason that I am so adamant about sharing my story and not sugarcoating it is because it's not to frighten women. It's also it's to actually to encourage you because most people, every case is different. Like my oncologist, you know, told me that I was a classic case. Most patients have you know, just the classic symptoms, you know, losing your hair, the fatigue from the chemo, you know, those, I had every known symptom. I mean, I'm talking about, I had sores from my mouth, all through my esophagus, through my private part. Um, You know, every time it was something different, when I go back and describe, you know, a different symptom, she would say, oh, that's the chemo. Wow. Saying to her, you didn't tell me about that. She said, because Everyone doesn't get all of the symptoms. We just mentioned the classic things for you to be prepared. So I don't tell my story to frighten women because I don't know of too many people who have experienced what I experienced and still survived. So I share it to encourage them because if I could make, if I did it, you can too. You know, it doesn't mean that you will have those symptoms. I'm not advocating for you not to get, you know, the treatment. And since that time, so many new discoveries in regard to treatment and healing, you know, has improved. I know that there is now immunotherapy, um, which times they will give instead of in the replacement of chemotherapy, which is what my mother had, because my mother was also 
diagnosed with bladder cancer. Oh, and okay. And she survived that. Awesome. And I'm praying that, Lord, please, whatever yes. I want, I have to go through the chemotherapy, yes. especially her age. Yes. And she went through immunotherapy and she didn't have any complications, awesome. you know, at all. So, you know, my main thing is one, always, always, always choose God first. Yes, you know. Keep him center of your life. Mm-hmm. Keep him center. You know, for women, know your bodies and be in tune. Mm-hmm. And if you hear something that doesn't sound quite right, it's okay to get a second opinion. Second opinion. We were born, we were built with intuition. And you got to follow those because you yeah. can be led to the right place in the right direction. Uh, it's crazy that you said that because I am so a big advocate of following my woman intuition. I said, God didn't give me that for me not to listen to it. Maybe that's just a little piece of him inside of me telling you, child, I'm telling you to do this and this is what you need to do. I God, I mean, it doesn't have to do anything with illness. I mean, uh, anything. Yeah. Oh, everybody can relate to a situation where they maybe felt one way and they chose to do something, something else, but didn't listen to that inner thing that told you, don't do it. So we have that, you know, yes. God has given us that gift and we need to, we need to own it. Yeah. You know? I am so happy to see you smiling and to see you telling me about, you know, this journey that you went through. But where where's Paris now? What? Because I'm not going to lie. You are. You seem to be a very strong woman. I love the fact that you got that faith in there and you just have that, you know, like you say, you hold on to what he what he told you he will do for you. And so where's Paris right now? What is what is next for Paris? I am, I- in such a great place right now. I have some, I'm officially retired from behind the chair. However, right, I- You ain't fixing those beautiful ladies no more. You just get <laughs> So I, I'm also a professional makeup artist and okay. celebrity stylist. So I do have some clients that I still service that I freelance and I travel, but I closed the doors to my last salon in October of 2019. Okay. I started a consulting business, a financial consulting business, helping people start their business, doing financial services, credit repair. But even since that time, in these last few months, God has placed another baby. Oh, wow. I want to hear about this one. <laughs> so I'm still pregnant with that one. Um, when you going to burn it? <laughs> I'm hoping to push that out in the next three or four months. So okay. Are you going to bring it to my platform and let's talk about it? Absolutely. It involves you also. Hey, that's what's up. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Just, I mean, off the record, on the record, if anyone ever wants to, you know, consult with me or just talk with me or sister to sister, chat it up. I can be found on all social media platforms as Paris Murphy Doctor. That's including Facebook, Twitter, and also Instagram. We're revamping the website, um, Paris Murphy Doctor, because we're getting ready to add all these new things on there. So that should be up probably in the next couple of weeks as well. 
Awesome. That is amazing. I love it. I love your I love your spirit is like I mean all that you've been through and you you have that. You have that shine, you have that glow, you have yeah. that that strength. I love that. I just love yeah. it. I owe it all to him. He's a keeper. I never understood the, the term beauty for your ashes, but that is definitely what, you know, God has given me. He sustained me. He's allowed me to still be productive. He's even blessed me to still have both my parents at the ages of 80 and 83. Wonderful. I have a large family. I only have one sister. I have two children. She has one. And so family is everything, you know, for me. And I, like I said, I needed a little more time because I needed, there were some things I needed to do with my family in preparing, you know, preparing them. I realized during the time that I was sick, how many people really were dependent on me, but I didn't want to return being, enabling them, you know, and being codependent. So it strengthened me in a lot of ways. It changed my whole perspective on life. I don't sweat the small stuff. That's why you always see me with a smile. Like I don't care how bad things get. I've already been tried, tested. I've been in the fire. <laughs> um, miracle after miracle with my family from my, you know, my mother with cancer. My sister had an, an aneurysm to rupture. And when they went in for surgery, they found she had a total of seven that's been what almost 10 years and she's still here amazing no, no problems no side effects anything from it so i know what god can do that is, yes 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 wow that is that is amazing that is amazing well paris Ms. paris let me ask you before we close out i want to know we talk about you know women being in tune with their body we talk about the faith that you have that help you through what you've been through the next chapter for you with, you know, Burton's new baby and, you know, and the business that you have going on now. What advice would you leave with any women listening today? Not only, you know, considering what you went through, but just in general, what that feeling you would leave from the bottom of your heart to anyone listening today? Don't sweat the small stuff. There is nothing too big for God. I'm a big believer of what you put in the universe is what you get back. I learned that as a little child. I remember from the age of two years old, you know, and I know that the things that our heart desires, God hears them, but we cut ourselves short on our blessings a lot of time by our thinking, thinking, negativity, allowing the outside noises to interfere, the distractions, Anytime that your life is seem like is is hell is about to open up, that's when you're so close to, you know, to your destiny. And that's the time when you need to push. And a lot of people give up when things get hard. So my advice to you is just take one day at a time. Don't sweat the small stuff. Try to keep a positive outlook on any situation. I always see some people see the glasses half empty. I see the glasses half full. Yeah. And that's a big difference on your perspective on things and how things will happen in your life. So awesome. And we're going to wait for that new business to birth. You hear it first on LWC. Miss Paris Murphy Doctor is doing amazing things, even though 
she has been through a lot. God has allowed her to be here for more that she has to encounter. So guess what, guys? Thank you for being here with me. Thank you for joining me, Ms. Paris. And <laughs> thank you for having me. And you awesome. keep things yourself. Yes, yes. Women from all over are finally opening up and sharing their chapter stories. If you have a story, we would love to hear from you. Email us today. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at lwchapters at yahoo.com or lwchapters Instagram and Facebook. Your story is yours. No one knows your story like you do.